Good morning. I have a probably a good 20 minutes worth of words of encouragement. Look at this. I mean, this is like a book. This is awesome. This is great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> That's exciting. All of these uh, words of encouragement. Uh, I would run around and hand them out, but uh, I don't know if I could. So, Heidi, would you help me? Thank you. appreciate it. Uh, Alan and Liberty, so thankful for you both for so many reasons. So blessed that both of you chose to seek first God's kingdom. Amen. Woohoo! Let's give it up. Woohoo! Alan and Liberty. Uh, Bill Compton for continuing to speak the truth. Your service to and for many, both spiritual and physical, touches lives uh, one at a time, I think. All right, here I am. I appreciate your faithfulness and prayer for reaching out and extending kindness to me and others in the family of God. You are shining brightly in God's love. Amen. Give it up for Miriam. All right. Here's a rock star among us. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Weibert, you have such an awesome servant's heart. You can be found staying late to help both an individual or many, you are consistent. You consistently lend a helping hand or a kind word. Thank you for being more than a blue jean angel. I don't know who brought who brought that up anyway. It's kind of catchy. Uh, thank you for being a faithful brother in Christ. Let's give it up for Ken. All right, man. Somebody's got some neat handwriting. You should be whoever this is needs to be hired to do all things handwritten. Uh, Kirk and Melissa, it's an encouragement to have you guys assembling with us still, despite other commitments. Your dedication to faith and to encouraging all saints everywhere is a constant inspiration and encouragement. Love you both so much. Let's get up to the park. All right, Tanya Johnson. It's not written that way, but it's, it's got girly handwriting. So, hi, Tanya Johnson. How's that better? All right. Thank, I, I thank our God that you are a faithful part of the assembly. I can say amen on that one. May, you, may he richly bless you for your faithfulness and commitment. Amen. Let's get it for Tanya. Oh, come on. Smile. Liberty, you are a true source of joy and blessing. May God truly bless you as you continue to grow and spread God's word. Can I add something to this, Liberty? Can I add something to it? Ever since Alan came into your life, that smile and that joy has increased. Amen? There you go. Give it up for Liberty. All right, okay, here we go. All right. Ryan. It's amazing watching you tackle the most dangerous logs on the bank, this bank over here, safely. Thank you for serving the body. And uh, I'm kind of thankful, too, because I was looking at that thing and I didn't want to die. So thank you for being willing to sacrifice your potential life to keep the church building warm. Give it up for Ryan. I don't know if that was fear or wisdom in my not doing that. So anyway. 
Uh, Bill Compton, thank you for serving the body, wrangling a chainsaw and lots of rounds of wood. A pleasure to serve with you. All right, wrangling those wood. Logan, thank you for your service to the body here Saturday and for rescuing me with a jump start. Wink, wink. I know who that one is. All right, here you go. Give it up for Logan. Woohoo! And it's exciting to be a part of this body. It really is. And uh, I just pray that we continue to see the great value of individuals sacrificing themselves to serve others because it really does build that great body life. So, and I didn't say that before I handed out the cleaning the building clipboard, but I'll hand it over here. So, just make it round. So that would be great. Oh, and I was thinking, I don't have it, I don't have it written down yet. Um, how many of you would be willing to do a little uh, church grounds, church building, a little extra cleaning kind of together, maybe after a Lord's Day, before family camp? Uh, one of the things I thought, this is what made me think about it this morning. I was sweeping off the, the walkway, you know, where people can roll up their wheelchairs. And uh, there's there's a, a nice little glowing green on one of the rails, handrails. And I was thinking, maybe if somebody got out there with one of those things that, you know, and you can clean it off, it might look almost white. That'd be kind of cool. Just saying. So, and I'm willing to do that, but it would be fun if a whole bunch of us got together and did our thing. How many would be willing to help out if we did something like that? Do it like after a Sunday assembly so that, you know, you're already out here. Just wear your grubbies, you know, and I won't think less of you. God won't either, by the way. It's what's in the heart. So, Mrs. Compton, do you have a comment or something? I just wanted to suggest a little potluck before. Why? Why not? That sounds like a good idea. All right, great thinking, sweetheart. Okay, let's give it up for Mrs. Compton. Woo! Yeah. Well, was, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so tonight, Family Fellowship Potluck at Tamara's. We're going to do something new. I know doing new things is kind of like we've never done that before. Uh, kind of like Bugs Life. Ooh, it's a leaf. What do I do? Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to be doing a family Fellowship potluck at Tamara's. Tamara, did you know about this? Where are you, Tamara? Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> you know, preachers get excited about stuff and they forget little things like Tamara's hosting. Uh, so anyway, bring your favorite entree and favorite dessert or favorite potato chips or whatever it is that's your favorite. That'd be great. 5.30 at Tamara's place. We'll eat and have fun for an hour. And then I'm going to cut loose a great preacher. A new preacher, but he's awesome. He's young. He's handsome. He doesn't take after his father because he's handsome. All right, but he's a good preacher. Jacob is going to be preaching tonight. So uh, I don't know about you, but Jake has been working and working and working on this sermon, and uh, I'm so excited because he uh, had a choice of playing last night and hanging out with the fam, but he went in and said, "No, I got to put some other touches." My touches on my sermon and so uh, i'm pretty excited about that young man so he's going to be preaching tonight so i hope you'll join us and if you're watching online please join us tonight uh sorry about the not being there if you're not going to eat but uh you eat here at home 6 30 is when we're going to start the assembly and so uh, uh jacob's going to be preaching tonight pretty excited about it uh next sunday fifth sunday rally 
And guess who's hosting in the Southern Willamette Valley the Fifth Sunday Rally? We are! So I hope you show up. But don't just show up. Come and participate by singing your lungs out and bringing some finger food. Wouldn't that be great if that whole back wall was just covered in finger food, just all this good stuff? That'd be great. Not that I'm driven by food or anything, but that would be nice. So, because, you know, we're going to sing for an hour and, and, and you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to do three little Bible passages, very little. Cynthia knows two of those Bible passages are just a verse. And I promised her that I'll only talk for five minutes or less. So, guess what? We're going to be singing most of the time. So, uh, bring your appetite and your favorite finger food. And uh, bring your singing voice and uh, bring your Bibles, by the way. That would be great, too. And we'll have a great time next Sunday night. Let's see. Uh, as far as I know, Monday night college age is a go. Wednesday night assembly is a go. And ladies, study is, ladies studies Thursday night is a go. So if something changes, we'll let you know. All right? Anything else? Yes, Scott. I need photos for family count. Oh. It would be preferable if you used your photo app and Right. So he used the thumb drive because he knows somebody named Bill that doesn't know how to do that other stuff. So anyway. Photos so. are just really big for emailing. Yeah. 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 It takes a long time to be brought in. So. Okay. And yeah, the more the more the merrier. Uh, we got some pictures of some uh, blue jean angels that I think is going to be pretty cool. So we'll have a section on blue jean angels. So messenger, I figured out yesterday how they did Melissa's last with Messenger, so you can do them through Messenger too. Oh. And only within the last year of church events. Only in the last year. Last year meaning 2022 or from family camp to family camp? Yeah, family camp to family okay. camp is usually the Yes, thank you. Appreciate that. Melissa, you had another one. The sooner the better for registration forms. Especially if you want to stay in a cabin. Especially if you want to stay in a cabin. Okay, there you go. Everybody got that? Oh, and we got more registration forms out there. So I made 10 more. So now you can grab a registration form. And you can do it online as well, correct? Well, when you, you get you send the email, so they can give you the information that way, or no? Well, I need your money, so. Well, yes, of course, money, but yeah. They can email me a form if they want, but they're not really registered because they pay me. Okay, there it is. You know, no payy, no goey, or something like that. So. Yeah, there you go. All right. Any others? Any others? Okay, I've lost the whole crew now, but that's fine. We, we will get back on track. Let's open up our Bibles to 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. Reminiscent of my, my uh, years as a teacher, high school teacher, you know, if you're not on it, then you lose the whole crew. So you guys are much better. Though. You come right back online. I appreciate it. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. Beginning in verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, Paul says, 
so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. Now, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always caring about in the body, our physical body, the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, I pray that you would help us to realize, Lord, that fear is something that happens to people who are humans. I think everybody. And Father, I would ask that you would help us to know that as Christians, we can be more than conquerors. Fear is a powerful motivator. Satan knows that full well. I pray, Father, that you would help us to realize that when we fear you, when we love you, and we place our complete trust and hope in you, and we walk by faith and not by sight, that the fears that are common to man, including ourselves, Father, will be more than powerfully overcome. In fact, we will courageously run into the fire rather than cower and run away. Father, I, I pray that you would help us to realize how do we do that? I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We're just beginning the, the theme, the power of fear, and as I've been working through the scriptures, I'm not just looking at all the Bible verses that say, fear God. I've looked at all of those. They're amazing. But I've been also coming to the realization that fear is real in every human life. If you go back to the book of Psalms and you read through Psalms, the Psalms that are prophetic about Jesus Christ, you know what you'll find? You'll find a lot of those psalms are actually talking about fear that he had in his life. The afflictions that he had in his life that were crushing. It says that from youth he was ridiculed. And I know what that feeling is like when I was a youth and the target of real ugly, ugly criticism by my peer group. I mean, we don't know how young he was as a young man, but we do know that he suffered greatly throughout his human life. And there were times when you could hear it in his voice through the Psalms that he was overwhelmed. Now, here's what I want you to know. We see that also in the Apostle Paul. You know, the great Apostle Paul, the one who's more than a conqueror and said that we could be that too. We're going to hear this morning that he had fear in his life as well. So for someone to say and have the bumper sticker, no fear, well, that's not reality. So I want to be real this morning. If you experience fears that are common to man, and I suppose you have, and I, I suppose in the future you probably will, how do you overcome those? As Jesus overcame and fulfilled the will of God. As Paul overcame and fulfilled the will of God. As Timothy and so many others overcame and fulfilled 
the will of God. How? How do we do that? Because fear is a powerful motivator and Satan knows it. We need to stop the devil in his tracks when he tries to use fear, the fears that are common to us, to slow us down, to sidetrack us, to discourage, to distract, and to bring despair and doubt. That's what we're going to hear this morning. Kind of, again, a, a picture, a broad-breast picture of, yes, fear will come, but how do we overcome through Christ? Well, let's go back and take a look at this passage of Scripture. We'll be coming back to this particular passage. Paul says in verse 7, just very, very quickly, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And notice why Paul says that. So that the surpassing greatness of power might be from God and not of, our, not of ourselves. You know, sometimes when we are fearful, we'll go, okay, I'm just going to get smarter, work harder. I'm going to do this and do that. And I'm going to overcome the fear. And the fear sometimes grows. At least that's been my experience. You're saying, well, you're living by your own experience. No, I'm just saying it's a common thing. We think we can hunker down, pull our bootstraps up, and we're going to power through. And the thing just seems to get worse. Sometimes we need to get to the point where we recognize we need to trust God and we need to rely upon God first and foremost. And so we're going to look at that today because the power really to overcome is only from God, not from your limited or my limited understanding. So now let's take a look. It says here, afflicted in every way, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. What do those words mean? This is the Apostle Paul. He's talking about himself and about others that he's working with and are working the ministry of reconciliation. Notice, Paul's talking about himself. I'm going to prove that to you. He's also talking about others. I'm going to prove that to you through the scriptures this morning. Well, let's take a look. A word affliction. I give you the Greek there. You can look it up and see if, if these things are so. It means to be put under pressure. It's like when there's so much going on in your life and some of it's not going right, the pressure that comes on you and the pressure that you might put on yourself, but the pressure from outside. That pressure, by the way, will bring about distress, worry, troubles, conflicts, tribulations, and it has a tendency to shut you down. Hunker in the bunker. Look at 2 Corinthians 7, 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 5. For even when we came into Macedonia, Paul says, notice we there, for even when we came into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were afflicted in, on every side, conflicts without, fears within. But God who comforts the depressed comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming but also by the comfort with which he has comforted us as he reported to us your longing and your mourning and your zeal for me so that I rejoiced even more. Now, I want you to take a look there at verse 5 at the very end. Paul says, but we were afflicted on every side. Afflictions means what? Tribulations, troubles, distresses, pressure from situations you find yourself in. Paul says what there? What does he say? He says, conflicts on the outside, fears within. Well, the apostle Paul never feared. He just walked 
courageously into every situation and took control because he's an A-type personality. No. He said, we had fears within. But he also said that the power of the, the power is not from ourselves. The power to overcome those fears is from God. If you rely upon self, you will continue to fear and struggle. But if you'll rely on God, he will give you what you need to overcome. Now, what does that all look like? We have a year to unpackage that. But just know, if there's fear, yes, Satan's going to use that to try to bring you into doubt and distress and frustration and tribulation. But you can overcome. We're going to talk about how to overcome this this morning. But let's get back to the second one there. Perplexed. Paul and some of his compatriots were perplexed. Now, you know, when I think about perplexed, I think about scratching my head going, huh? What's going on? That's not what this means. Perplexed means something very different. You might want to jot this down and then go back and look at it yourself. To have no way out. To be in a box canyon. Could you imagine being in a box canyon with a grizzly bear? Put yourself in that place. I remember a story that Jeff Drillinger told. He went back with Kirk Parks to Montana men's camp. And they went hiking way out in the woods. And uh, if I tell the story correctly, they got to a place and they looked up way up on the tree. Now, these two men have been in the woods a lot. Way, way up in the tree. Not like where it should be. There were scratches on the tree. How high up? Beyond what you could reach. So whatever scratched that tree and put these big scratches in it were bigger than they were and had sharper fingernails than they had. Probably sharper teeth as well. And they didn't have any way to protect themselves. So they wisely retreated. Quickly. Now... Can you imagine being in a box canyon and there's a bear coming after you? That's what fear can do to you. And that's what he talk about being perplexed. I'm, I don't know what to do. That's actually what it means to have no way out. Mentally, be at a loss on what to do, to stand in doubt. Which way do I go? Not knowing how to decide or, or what to do. Not knowing which way to turn. That's actually all in the Greek definition for being perplexed. Have you ever been in a place where it was so many things coming at you all at once and you try to look at all of them and you just went, oh, I just need to go back to sleep. I just need to go back to bed. Am I the only one? You're the preacher, you loser. I can't believe you would even confess that. You know why I do? Is because I know I'm not alone. I know that all of us at times have had been where I don't know what to do. I mean, it's just like everything's coming at me and I don't know which to do first and it's crushing. That's what Paul's talking about. Well, let's look at a passage of scripture. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm trying to stay close to home here. 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We read this a couple of years ago 
Uh, but man, it's powerful. Look at look at verse 6. What do I have down here? Verse 8 and 9. But I want to do verse 6 as well. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same suffering, which we also suffer. Notice the suffering. And our hope uh, for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are sharers of the sufferings of Christ, so also you'll be sharers of our comfort. Now look at verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves. We despaired even of life. Can I stop for just a moment? This is the, this is the great apostle Paul. He fears nothing. He charges into cities where he has been stoned and left for dead to encourage the saints. He gets thrown into prison. He doesn't know whether they're going to get his head cut off or not. No fear. No, this, this is Paul we're talking about here. Man, all the affliction, all of that was causing perplexity. He didn't know which way to turn. Well, not for long, you know, that he turned to God as we ought. We've been in those places before. My wife, I love my wife. You've heard this before. I'll say it again. I appreciate her because whenever I'm in one of those, those places, she goes, go and pray, go and pray. Go to your room and pray. I love it. She's not mean. She's not condescending. She just knows that's where I need to go. I need to come out of my prayer closet. God's got this handled. I'm just going to keep moving forward knowing that pff, he's going to take all the, the you know, the, the giants as I go. And he does. Thanks, honey. But notice, getting called back to the only one that can really get you out of that box canyon. By the way, who is the grizzly bear in that box canyon, spiritually speaking? The devil loves to get you and I on the ropes because he you knows that that fear is effective in shutting us down so we can't move forward for the Lord. So look at the next one, persecuted, persecuted. It means, now this is kind of interesting, kind of going back with that grizzly bear thing. To be pursued by one who, want, who wants to inflict harm and suffering. Did you catch that? To be pursued by someone who wants to inflict harm and suffering. To be persecuted is to, to be harassed, to be troubled, to be mistreated, to be afflicted with pain from someone, or in this case the devil, something who hates you. No, John 15, Jesus warned us about it. Turn there to Gospel of John chapter 15. You know, we need to know that this is coming. We should not you know, shut down. We should not begin to doubt God loves us when this comes. John chapter 15, and I want you to take a look, if you would, 18 through 20. John chapter 15, 18 through 20. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. 
If you were of this world, the world would love its own, but because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this the world hates you. Remember the word that I, I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. In other words, Jesus is saying, look, this, this, this crush of persecution is going to come. Well, you know, what, you know what Paul said to Timothy, right? Anyone who desires to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. For us Christians in the United States, we haven't experienced any really real persecution to where we have someone or something pursuing us to inflict harm, to inflict suffering, to, to mistreat us, and to inflict pain. Wow, that's crazy. But that is what has happened in the past. It's happening in other countries. And it's going to happen to the church. It's just will. Finally, the last thing we need to be aware of is that word struck down. That word struck down comes from the word uh, apollium or apolliumi. Remember I said that in the Bible, in the, in, in the book of Revelation, the name of Satan is Apollyon. Apollyon means destroyer. This word is the derivative of that. It means to destroy. Notice it says, we are struck down. Literally, we are destroyed. We are killed. It means to perish, by the way, to die. Of course, if you're being persecuted, it might be being killed. Now, we don't want to think about that stuff, but you know what the Apostle Paul said? Look, we are afflicted. We, he says, we, us. We are afflicted in every way. We, we, are, we are what, he says here? We are perplexed. We kind of feel like we're in a box canyon. I don't know which way to move. Despairing? Persecuted? Struck down? Look at Mark chapter 11 and verse 18. Mark chapter 11 and verse 18. What does is, what is Mark say here? Chapter 11 and verse 18. The chief priests and the scribes heard this and they began seeking how to destroy him for they were afraid of him for the whole crowd was astonished at his teaching. The devil knows that his time is limited. The devil knows that he's soon to be thrown into the lake of fire. And he wants to bring as many human beings with him as possible. And he knows that Christian, look at me, you Christian are standing in his way from grabbing everyone and dragging them to the lake of fire. You stand in his way because you have the message of life. You can manifest the great and glorious character of Christ Jesus. And when people see that in you, they're going to be drawn to the hope. They're going to be drawn to the life. And that's why he hates us. Oh, does that go back to this thing? Huh? To harass, trouble, mistreat, inflict pain from one who hates you? Huh? So please understand that it's not like, oh, I'm scared and so I am a lesser Christian. No, when you have the kind of fear that Satan is going to inflict, you need to turn to the only one that has the power to help you overcome that fear.
Why should you read your Bible every day? This is not in my notes, but I'm going to just put it right there. Man, every time I read Proverbs and every time I read Psalms, not so much when I read Exodus or Numbers. <laughs> Sorry, not so much. Some of you are laughing because you know what I'm talking about. And sometimes when I'm reading in the New Testament, that's good stuff. But it doesn't give me necessarily what I need to stand in awe of the one who created everything and created me and you unique. I found another passage of scripture. It's not in Psalms 139. It says that you were designed by God for his purpose. Wow, that's so awesome. So I guess I am worth something. I guess I do have a place and I do have a part in this great work. And he designed me for that. Man, I'll tell you what, that gets me excited. He's not going to let me loose. He's not going to let the devil get me. I need to rely on him. Why do I read every day? Well, you're a preacher. You have to. It's in the contract. No, no, no. I read every day because I don't want to get beat by the devil. I want to get to heaven and I want to help other people get to heaven too. That's why I do it. I want to. I want to. I want to. I don't have to. I want to. There's power in that. Now moving back to the last point, point number two. You know what? If you're afflicted, here's the answer. Take a look back there at, at, at 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you are afflicted in every way, you need to know that you're not crushed. You're uncrushable. Look at the title of, of point number two. We are not overpowered by the fears of man. You're not. If you're a faithful, loving, focused on the great hope to be given to you, Christian. So this second one on the back, it says, we are not overpowered by fear. Again, if you are a faithful man or woman of God. Let's jump into it real quick. We are not crushed. You know what the word crushed means? It means compressed. Until, wow, that's ugly. But we are not compressed. It says, we are not crushed in Christ Jesus. Well, let's take a look at a verse or two. Take a look at Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14. Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14. Oh, and I'm looking at the clock right now, so... We're going we're gonna to finish with this one and then we're going to have to do the rest of it next week because your roast is probably burnt already. So, sorry. Sorry. You're going to have a little, your roast is going to be uh, crispy. All right. So, let's take a look though. We've already committed here to M Matthew chapter 7. I just got a little excited about it's okay to be fearful, but it's not okay to stay there. It's okay to be more than a conqueror. Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. You're saying, well, that doesn't sound very encouraging. Actually, it is. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the gate. You look at Jesus' life through Psalms. Again, please, I encourage you to read Psalms and look for Jesus. He's everywhere in the Psalms, consistently speaking about Jesus. Well, 
There's one chapter that talks about Judas. You can tell it's not Jesus, it's Judas. All right? But most of them talk about Jesus. Look, and you can hear the heart and concern and the fear of Jesus. But you know, every time, you know what you hear? He always turns to the one who can save him. He always turns to the one that can empower him to more than conquer. That's why he is and was and always will be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So in this passage of scripture, we need to understand that though his way was filled with trials and temptations and struggles and heartache, he entered in. Now, how do you make it? How do I make it? Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Throw aside all that would keep you out and live for him and like him. And you'll enter in. Again, in closing, why do I read every day, meditate every day, memorize every day, pray every day? I can't make it without him. I hear his voice in the scriptures. He hears my voice in prayer. My mind is changed as I memorize his word and I apply it to my life. That's for all of us. There is really no other way. There's no easy silver bullet. There's no other way. Grow your faith. Grow your relationship. Grow your understanding through reading, prayer, and uh, scripture memorization. Let's, let's close now. And next week, we're going to finish up. We are not overpowered by fear. Actually, next week when we get back, we're going to take it to the devil. When he comes with his fear, we crash right through that and take it to the devil. That's what this is about. Let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to preach and to teach. But more importantly, Father, thank you for helping me discover so much in the scriptures about overcoming fear. My life has been filled with fear in the past. The fear of man, the fear of death, the fear of suffering, the fear of loss of all things. But Father, as I've been reading, it's been helping me so much. And I want to share that with others that they might be blessed as well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand and get excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is Lord. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right, let's go get her done. See you next week and hopefully tonight. Hopefully tonight. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.